Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. It's time for the podcaster patrons that you support. Holy cow, my full gratitude. Uh, how come no one ever says that like uh, in jest? You're full, I mean, in a serious way, like instead of full of baloney, you say, man, you're full of gratitude. I guess I would be envious if I ever said that to someone secretly envious. Uh, I'm secretly envious of myself because I'm so grateful for your support. Thanks, patrons, and let's get on with the show. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. It could be thoughts, you know, things on your mind you're thinking about, feelings, uh, anything coming up for you, feeling-wise, emotionally, physical sensations, uh, changes in time or temperature or routine. Uh, It could be something else, you know, whatever it is. uh, It could be any number of things, uh, Whatever it is, I'm here to uh, to, to help. And the, what I'm going to do is try to create a safe place. I've probably said this. I, I guess I'm trying to to, 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 to speak, uh, but I'm trying to establish a safe place. I, I know I've said pop-up before. I guess this would be a bit like a pop-up safe place where you'd say, I'm establishing it here, but I can transfer it or send it to you. No problem. No assembly required. Uh, and the way I do it, way I send it, is I send my voice across the deep, dark night. I use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. Uh, so you say, creaky, dulcet tones. What is that? I say, well, that's how my voice sounds. A bit like a, well, a bit like something you don't normally hear. You say, well, it's like a big, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of good and it's kind of uh, not, it's kind of creaky. And you say, okay, for a sleep podcast, you say, okay, yeah, Creaky Dulcet Tones, Pointless Meanders, what are those? Well, he he never gets to the point, the person that makes a podcast. Uh, or as he's trying to make a point, he goes off on a pointless meander or a superfluous tangent. So those are some of the techniques I use as I try to establish this safe place. Now, if you're new, a few things you should know. Did I forget? What I'm going to try to do is create a safe place where you could set aside. So my voice, no, I think I got everything of the regular intro. Regular listeners, welcome back. As usual, I'm mixed up. Uh, but what I'm, uh, oh, so what I'm going to do if you're new, let me tell you a couple of things. Uh, because uh, one, and I've heard this hundreds and hundreds of thousands of times, this podcast does not work for everybody. Uh, but it also, for the people it works for, it takes two or three tries. So I just wanted you to know that up front. And the reason I explain it is so many every episode uh, is to, one, meet your doubt or, or your skepticism or your uncomfortableness where you are and say, well, that's legitimate to be doubtful or skeptical. Or, like, say, I don't know about this sleep podcast and your creaky dulcet tones. Uh, that's a totally legitimate way to feel. Uh, and the only thing I can tell you is just see how it goes, but see how it goes a few tries. Because usually on the first try, this podcast, it makes it, somehow it has to make even less sense before it makes no sense at all. And I'll explain that more, but give it a few tries if you can. Uh, but also know it just doesn't work for everybody, but that's why it's free too. You say, okay, I tried it a few times, it didn't work. But in the end, the people that I work for, they say around two or three tries, they say, holy moly, I just woke up. So give it a few tries. That's one thing to know. The second thing to know is if you, as you try it out, kind of try it loosely, like a robe. Uh, uh, There are robes that are tight-fitting and form-fitting robes, and I've talked about robes on the show before. I think one time, this has been a while, but I imagined that... uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi and maybe Jean-Luc Picard went um, to a colony where you uh, where clothing's optional. Oh, no, it was Doc Brown, I guess, from, uh, what's that, Back to the Future. And they, he said, well, we're robes. We're, we're going, we don't need any robes. 
Uh, so those would those you wouldn't have any, but so you wear a robe or loosely wear a garment. That's actually like a, I think that's in a, a parable. And this podcast is best barely worn. You see, well, it's more draped over my shoulder, like a, like when I'm cooking or something, and I need an extra cooking thingamajig, a towel. And you say, okay, so most podcasts are like an outfit. You're saying, Scoot. So, well, some podcasts are, or a utility. Some podcasts you wear for pleasure. Some podcasts you wear wear for laughs. Uh, some podcasts are functional. I mean, it's definitely podcasts that are super stylish. So, yeah, and this podcast is more like, yeah, like a, like something like uh, over the shoulder. Yeah, like a kitchen towel or a rag you throw over your shoulder. That's what sleep with me is. And you see, could you complete that metaphor? And I say, I don't know. I might try later. But I was trying to explain to the new listener to just kind of do that. Like say, okay, I'm barely listening. This is the one podcast as compared to the outfit-based podcasts or the outfit analogy, you barely listen to this podcast. You only kind of listen. You say, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, I forgot I had a kitchen towel over my shoulder. How did I end up at a, what is it? What is this, a Michelin five-star restaurant? Like, uh, oh, there's only four stars? Oh, I don't know. Oh, it's a dream. Great. So that's one thing. Barely listen to this show. The other thing is this podcast really isn't here to put you to sleep. It's here to keep you company as you fall asleep or to keep you company if you can't sleep. I'm here. I'm your boar friend. I'm your boar bud. I'm your boar bay. I'm your, uh, ideally, but one day I'll be your boar bestie. So I'm here to take your mind off of stuff as you drift off and just be at your bedside telling you a story you don't need to listen to. Now, if you can't sleep, I'll be here to the end, or if you wake up. So it's it's kind of like I'm telling you the story whether you're awake or asleep. Uh, but I make this show just as much for the people that can't sleep as the people that are sound asleep already right now. And the nice thing is the episodes are an hour, so you have plenty of time to get comfortable and drift off. And that leads into the kind of next thing that can throw new listeners off, which is the structure of the show. Show starts off with a greeting because I want everybody to know they're welcome and they're important here. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. Uh, And then there's business. That's how we bring you the podcast twice a week. There's a few minutes of business there. Then there's an intro. And the intro is pretty long, 12 to 18 minutes or so. And it's me introducing the podcast as I'm doing right now. And for the new listener, you could say, you're going to introduce the podcast for 12 to 18 minutes. They say, yeah, it takes me a while to get going. And then I don't go anywhere. Uh, So for the new listener, it's also an example of the podcast. I mean, that's a bit meta. But for a regular listener... There's a lot of options. As you become a regular listener, some listeners fall asleep during the intro. Some listeners start the intro while they're getting ready for bed or doing their brushing and their skincare or stretching or foam rolling or uh, they're using like a, one of those their body devices, whatever it is. Uh, like, so they like some listeners start the intro before they get into bed. That's what I'm saying. And then other intro listeners start the podcast while they're in bed, unwinding and getting comfortable. So the intro kind of serves as a buffer between waking life and sleep so that you can wind down. And I can buff, buff, buff uh, that day right out of your hair or right out of, you know, I can help you drift away. So it just gives us some space. And so that's part of the intro is just to ease you into bedtime. Uh, Then after the intro is some uh, like sponsors, ads, that's part of the podcast structure. Then there'll be a story tonight it'll be our uh, a new series we're covering gbb great british bake-off uh so i'll be excited to talk about that then there'll be some thank yous and good nights at the end so that's the structure of the show and what else do you need to know you probably need to know some more stuff that i forgot uh structure of the show um hmm. oh boy i already got mixed up oh uh Oh, that's the structure. Oh, why do I make the show? Well, I make the show because you deserve a good night's sleep. That's a reason one. I truly believe you deserve a safe place where you can get some rest uh, so that your life uh, is a little bit better 
more manageable, and ideally you can flourish. And uh, so that is, uh, that's one thing. The other thing is because I've been there. I know how it feels tossing and turning, waking up, all that stuff. I've been there needing to buffer my day away. I've been buffering about my day, you know. So that's the whole thing is, uh, I guess what it was, uh, I don't know if I had another point in there, but you deserve a good night's sleep. I, I've been there. And I think that's it. I mean, I said at the beginning of the show, I'm really grateful that I get to make this podcast because, yeah, because I can relate and because I think it's important. I think you getting the rest you need is important. And in a broader sense, you having the options to see what's going to work for you to fall asleep and establish a healthy bedtime routine is important, whether it's this podcast or a fan or another piece of sleep audio, or, you know, just, you know, doing something else, some other routine. Uh, that is very important to me because, and I'm very grateful that I can provide this or be a stepping stone. I'm the most, like, what is that? Is that ever, I probably talked about that, the, the grateful stepping stone. So many people stepped on me on their way to good sleep, and I had so much joy. And some people stuck around and danced on me, you know, in the middle of the stream that, it, like, I was in. And that really felt nice, too. And that's really what it feels like to make the show. It, like, I don't know if you can get the, uh, it's cool. I'm, I'm glamorized. You see, who was the first person to glamorize uh, stepping stones? They said, well, there's a few uh, architects and landscape design. No, no, no. I mean, like, uh, in a Hollywood sense. Oh, that really glamorized, you know, the life of a stepping stone. You know, they kind of uh, anthropomorphized it or whatever, pers- you know, personified it. Oh, really gave that Hollywood glamour to stepping stones, but not to actual physical stepping stones. Yeah, glamorized life as a stepping stone. I don't think there was anybody that would do that. That just doesn't seem, well, actually, there was someone. He tried. Uh, Scooter was his name. He wrote, he wrote the imaginary book in his mind, uh, The Grateful Stepping Stone. And on one podcast episode out of like 8,000, he tried to glamorize stepping stones. Then he forgot about it for 12 years till he tried to write the book. Uh, and that is so that's why I do what I do and why I'm full of gratitude, uh, though I forget it a lot of times. Uh, you fill me up with gratitude, believe it or not, and hopefully I fill up your ears with nonsense and pointless meanders. What a deal, right? So I'm here to help. If you're new, just give the show a few tries. I hope it can help you. I'm really glad you're here. I really appreciate your time. It worked very hard at your and strive, and I want to help you fall asleep. Uh, thanks again. And here's a couple of ways we're able to bring this podcast to twice a week. Uh, hey, everybody, this is Scoots. Before we get going here, I just wanted this. So this will be our first episode covering the Great British Baking Bake Off show. And I'll be talking more about it. I wanted to give a shout out to Chloe and Adam for giving me the the idea to do this. And it really got it got swept up in it. I do want to say that this is whatever, October 2020. I'm not exactly sure of our scheduling uh, we may do like a pilot where we do the first episode I'm covering is a two-parter and then we might cover Mandalorian, uh, and then go back to great, like alternate between the two series, uh, during, uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, kind of like we did last year, but I'm not a hundred percent on that. Again, that'll just be alternating. Every third episode would be a TV episode while the other two episodes in between those are fictional. So if you don't watch the TV or listen to the TV episodes, remember that they're every third episode. So you get two episodes out of three that don't cover a TV show. And you could always send me feedback. You say, Scoots, I want like a more Mandalorian or more Great British Bake Off. Uh, and I could try to process that. You could get me at a, either through Patreon messaging or through our website uh, contact page. Uh, thanks, uh, and uh, let's get a good, let's keep a, let's get this show on the road. Uh, I don't ever say that, but uh, get on with the show. Let's keep the show going. All right, everybody. Uh, this is Scoots, and this is interesting because uh, this is a new show we've never done before, and uh, so I don't know how this is going to go. 
And maybe I've, or I guess I'll, I'll do it. I'll, I'll try to remind myself to do just a five minute setup, is what I'll do. So you're hearing me after I do the five minute setup because uh, now future me knew how this is structured, where current me does not. So I'm not sure what I said there, but great job, Scoots. Uh, we're covering a show that has two names, depending on where you are in the world. Uh, the Great British Bake Off. Uh, is uh, one what, what it's called, but that's the easiest thing to say. I like saying Great British Bake Off, but here in the U.S. it's known as the Great British Baking Show, and I'm going to be covering uh, Series 3, or se- Series 9, though on, let's see, on Netflix it says, uh, so this is again confusing, because we're, you know, it's just where you live in the world. Uh, let me see here how it is listed on Collection six. If you're watching in the U.S. on Netflix, it's Collection six. Although I think in the U.K., the Great British Bake Off, it's Series nine. So if you're confused, you know that's because of uh, you know you know because we live in a world like uh, where you know some rule some you say well that's how we do it here. So I guess this part of the show, which I don't know who's going to be hearing this, uh, this uh, probably this is going to be so long that I'll break it up on Patreon. And I think, but the recap part will probably be on the public feed. So, hey, what's up? Uh, thanks for listening to the show. And I guess I'll hit play. And so this is, is Biscuits Week. And it starts off with, for me, because, I, okay, so I don't know if I said this in the thing, but I never have watched or, or sat down and watched. I probably had, uh, I've probably been, uh, times I've watched the show, well, I've been in the same room as the show's been on. Uh, but I've never sat down and watched the show, and oh boy, do I love it. Uh, this may be the most Sleep With Me, the greatest confluence of Sleep With Me in television ever. This is such a, there's so many, I guess I could go off on so many tangents about, uh, this, I've only watched one episode like five times. Uh, but so like, my biggest question is how am I going to fit all this into one like 50 minute, uh, 45 minute portion? Uh, so like a really good pacing, really well shot, really great, uh, per, like, uh, just well done all around. So I guess what I'll do is I'll try to uh, read through here, but because I know the reason I said, well, I've never watched the episode before. And then I started with, uh, collection six or series nine, uh, like is that, uh, I was already like, uh, totally confused because, uh, I said, wait a second. Uh, it starts off with a WTF moment. Uh, okay, so, so, so it starts off with this WTF moment. Now, I knew uh, that uh, Noel and Sandy were the comedy, comedian hosts of the show, kind of. Uh, uh, but for some reason, uh, they're dressed up as, uh, like, so I must have missed something from that. Obviously, I missed something, clearly. And I didn't, I don't know all the relationships. But so they're dressed as, Noel is dressed as uh, Doc Brown and Sandy's dressed as Marty McFly. And uh, he's saying, we got to get back. And uh, that Prue tweeted the winner. Uh, So they're going from August 28th, which I'm presuming is the beginning of when they filmed the ninth series, uh, back to October 30th when they revealed the winner. Uh, Prue's about to tweet the name of last year's winner or this year's winner. I guess so she tweeted the winner by accident because then... uh, Paul is sitting next to Peru on a couch as she's tweeting something out. Well, let's see what time it is. Uh, so I don't know why it was with the um, Back to the Future thing. I don't know if that's a theme. Uh, 20, oh boy, 20, 20 hours, which is 12 is, uh, is 10, a, no, no, 10 a.m. It's uh, 8 p.m., I guess. Oh, but it's 10 a.m., so Prue tweeted it out at 10 p.m., but they're heading out at 10 a.m. So they're going back in time and back in time. Then we start to see the beautiful mood setting that they do on this show with uh, lambs and ducklings, Kim Joy. Holy, okay, let's just go right into the people's outfits because uh, uh, because I'm not sure if... Uh, like I don't know any of the behind the scenes of the show, but the outfits on the 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 or what people are wearing is just amazing. Usually, 
I don't know, in my opinion, like, uh, I guess I was just so surprised, uh, and I don't even have like one of those 4k ultra HD TVs. I just have a regular, uh, I got my TV in 20, I don't know, uh, 14, I think maybe, I don't know. I probably talked about it on the podcast, uh, last of the plasma TVs, uh, when they stopped making them. I got one on discount. It was also, uh, I got paid off my student loans, I think, or maybe I paid off my credit card. So it was like a celebratory thing. I'd been uh, not drinking for a year. So, uh, but okay, so back to it. So first up is Kim Joy. She has on, uh, she has like a lovely, this yellow headband, and then her shirt or her blouse uh, has uh, summer treats on it. But really, like in these pastels, like it's a cream-colored shirt with pastel-colored popsicles and ice cream cones. And she's kind of, they're all talking about how intense it is, uh, how beautiful it is there. Uh, then there's uh, Briny, uh, uh, sorry, I'm like falling behind already, but Briny. So everybody's like kind of talking. Also, they're talking about how being in the tent is like a, there's been more people in space. It's like being a pro football player. Can't believe it. See it on TV. It can't be real. Uh, then we have oh, stressful as a thesis. Uh, so we're getting like a, a series of shots of the characters, some decorations. Uh, uh, we see Prue. Prue, Prue is like, uh, and we'll cover the facts. Maybe we'll cover it on Patreon. I'm not sure. Uh, let's see. Nerves, uh, thesis, surreal. But yeah, less people have been in their tent than in space. 12 new bakers, 30 challenges. Uh, great, good, good. Oh, someone wants to be star baker once. I think that was Manon, uh, but I'm not sure. And uh, I would like to see, oh, Bruce says, I'd like to see more imagination, more color, and above all, I'm reading the uh, more delicious things. And Bruce's outfit is beautiful. And then Paul Hollywood. We're going to have some new challenges, some they've heard of, some they have not. Oh, I just saw a man, and she has watermelons on her shirt. And then Terry, it looks like he has a, is that his name? He he has a shirt with, a, and then Dan has a big uh, blue flower print shirt. Uh, oh, Dan's one, Starbreaker once. That's a great goal, Dan. Okay, so then we have the intro. Which we'll skip. Then we show. So this place, uh, if you never watched a show, uh, the opening shot at 54, with 54 minutes left and 55 seconds, it's on some estate somewhere. There's this manor type house uh, and then green grass, trees, farmland, and then the tent, which I guess is like where they do everything. And man, you can have a tent look like a white plastic thing on the outside, but look great on the inside. But having this manor, I don't know if this is a drone shot I'm looking at, but it's pretty, I'd say there's a creek. Again, there's wildlife. There's wildflowers. Uh, oh, and then this goes right into it. Let me read my notes for a second. And Well, I guess I'll do it. Uh, uh, let's see. British Bake Show. Oh, that's the sky shot. Fields, flowers, uh, music. Then there's voiceover from Sandy. Bakers will face three challenges. Then we'll get the star baker. Then someone will have to unfortunately go home. And then and Noel says, hey, bakers, uh, this is the first signature challenge. Uh, 24 regional biscuits, Sandy says. Uh, she has, Sandy has a blue star shirt on with different blues. Oh, yeah, let's go through the uh, everybody's uh, outfits. Because uh, this, I mean, really is important. It really left an impression on me. Okay, so now we have the judges and the hosts, I would say. So Sandy has on a, a, a navy blue or a royal, a navy blue shirt. Uh, with stars not printed on it, different stars, turquoise, uh, light blue, royal blue. Uh, the Knoll has on a three-tiered shirt. Uh, it's like a pink on the top. It's a long shirt, uh, very his style. His sideburns are rocking. And the top of the shirt is pink uh, with a just kind of like a like a leopardish print, but not really a leopard print. Then it's a white brick wall. 
and then a light blue at the bottom, just a light blue color. Uh, Peru has on a dress that I can't quite grasp the color because it's so wonderful. It's uh, somewhere in between orange and red. Um, I don't know, in a way that's just like, I mean, perfect for television. Holy mackerel. Then she has on this necklace that is multicolored, like uh, almost like sticks or something, or looks like, a, I mean, it doesn't look like coral, but like a coral-type coral fingers, but it's made of probably plastic or some other thing. But it's so colorful, and again, the colors just pop. And then she has on these uh, uh, glass, her glasses, her frames are in, in barely translucent, uh, popping blue that highlights uh, the blue in her necklace and perfectly contrasts with the, her dress. And then Paul Hollywood, he has on jeans and then a denim shirt, but he pulls it off. I don't think I can. I've, I've tried to, th- I've thought about it and he looks good in it. Uh, and his jeans fit him in a way that he doesn't look like he doesn't have like, he, do, he looks stylish and not like a dad. I mean, maybe a tiny bit dad, like just because of, uh, I don't know, but his shirt and his shirt is like pressed. Like that's the other thing with denim shirts. I can't get them. Uh, so that's our coverage of the Great British Bake Off. Uh, thanks, everybody. I'm kidding. 24 regional biscuits. Uh, they have to be traditional from a village or region in Britain. Sweet or savory, you know, depending on their history. And the British's, British uh, might... Uh, they must mean something to the baker. Then Noel has a joke at Sandy's expense. Uh, identical across each thing. On your mark, get set, bake. And then everybody goes into action. They're kind of saying, oh boy. Like uh, most people are starting with their butter. Uh, difficult to make rules. They re- Oh, they repeat the rules twice. Uh, in voiceover, oh yeah, with the voiceover a couple times. Paul, they got to be unique. Uh, they have to have their own stamp on them, but recognizable. And if it's a shortbread, it better melt in the mouth, Bruce says. If it's a ginger snap, it should snap. Uh, regional perfection, Paul says. Uh, first baker, uh, Briny. Uh, she's nervous. They, she says she has in like this uh, mustard colored shirt with a uh, kind of um, a, a nice print on the sides of it, uh, a little bit like stained glass. Um, and then they have these family sequences. Again, this is a really well made and produced show. Like, so they have Brian and her daughter. She's making uh, apple cider empire briskets with caramelized apples and vanilla shortbread. She's boiling eggs uh, for her biscuits, and she's going to sieve the uh, yolks. Paul's like, what are you talking about? A short structure, Brian, he says. And uh, he says he's never heard of it, uh, but uh, Perusa sounds lovely. And uh, this, like, and Sandy says, don't let him get you. He's like, uh, you know, he's a splainer. And then we have everybody, lemon shrewsberry. This is Dan, rich crumbly biscuit. Works at home, he says. So, uh, but he's stressed. I like Dan a lot. Then they show Dan at the uh, duck pond with his kids. Barnaby and Constance uh, makes his whole fish dinner for them. Lemon and strawberry shrewsberries. We'll cover this now. Noel goes up to him. What's up? Uh, all right. You don't sound like you're all right. He goes, yeah, I'm, you know, a little. He goes, do you usually chill and bake? And uh, Dan says, yeah. And then he says, well, it looks like you turned that around. Uh, and so they have, I had a laugh at that, obviously. Uh, so let's see, stained glass, clotted cream. I think I got to look that up uh, at some point. Manon's talking about her clotted cream. She's going to spread some on the top. Oh, she says, oh, she, when she discovered it in England. Uh, she's from France, uh, worked on an egg farm, baking with her family, eating apples and making apple pie. But she's making hazelnut Cornish shortbread. Uh, she's from Brittany, and she said Cornwall kind of reminds her of home, so she wanted to do it. Clotted cream. Oh, Ruby, Ruby's making clotted cream. Masala, chai, 
uh, flats. We'll get back to it. She's like doing, uh, uh, I don't think she's really using a real clotted cream. Uh, project manager Ruby's, they show her working out, doing some boxing. She's making masala chai Devon flats, uh, with dark chocolate. Uh, and they're, now they're asking like, Hey, what do you think the, um, what do you think the, the, the texture is going to be? Are you, is it soft, medium or hard? Uh, she goes, well, I've practiced. I'm not winging it. Uh, uh, and then they're talking. So then they kind of go again. They do these different sequences of shots of everybody prepping. Uh, but and then like forewarning voiceover or descriptive voiceover. Uh, coconut and fennel. Yeah, okay, let me get back to my notes because that got away. Sandy gives love. Uh, British tri- twist, uh, Bristol twist on regional biscuits. Uh, Briny, okay, Briny, her daughter making Play-Doh, lots of laughs, uh, artwork, apple cider, vanilla shortbread, uh, there I put, uh, balls of J-E-R-K, uh, Noel rolls up, oh, that's so funny when he jokes, man and clotted cream, cottage cream, oh, I don't know if cottage cream is a thing either, uh, Gaelic flair, uh, Brittany in France, uh, Oh, clotted cream and ruby. Oh, and ruby's pot is like some nice dried herbs uh, that she's using. In oh yeah, cream clotted cream substitutes. She works in the train business too. Oh, and this is my first. So we get a like a, there's a lot of alliteration here. And again, if you here's the thing: if you have a child or a young child, like a teen or a tween. This is a show in the podcast, not only for them to sleep to, but to watch, because holy moly, is there a lot of, uh, like, learning good words, uh, even though I don't know if the SAT is going to be around anymore, I guess they could just use, you know, if they're in spelling bee or something, but again, if you love alliteration, I don't even, like, I guess I got to get a pen for alliteration watch, I started counting, uh, I started counting like later, but this one has a killer combination of cardamom, clove, and cinnamon. And that's a masala. That's what's in her bowl. Soft medium is what she says. Uh, oh, I put Julian sometimes instead of Noel because of uh, Bush. Uh, I always thought those two were, I said, he looks more like a Julian, and Noel, Julian looks more like a Noel to me. So when I read about them, uh, the creators of Mighty Boosh, I said, oh, okay, that's who's who. But I made it, I made it, you know, rear end of out of all of us. Uh, then we have Rahul, he's doing uh, coconut and fennel. And then Paula gives him a hard time about how he talks too much, uh, like a bit like he could be on this podcast, but I don't find him boring. He says, oh, yeah, I do talk a lot. Uh, uh, also, oh, boy, his shirt, I got to get to his shirt. Let me hit play up here. He has this great, great shirt on too. They also show him Skyping with his parents and his dad says, you got to shave and cut your hair. He's actually a nuclear scientist. Uh, fennel and coconut pithicilli bannock or bonic. Uh, so he has on a den, a lighter colored denim shirt. So he had a lot of layers. I could learn a lot about styling from the show, but underneath his denim shirt, he has on, uh, like a white sh- shirt with blue stripes, but they're like a light blue. I don't know what you call it when it looks like it's painted on. Uh, it's not painted on, but so, I don't know, like uh, it's, it looks really cool. Uh, if, oh, your denim shirt, nuclear scientist, dad wants him to get a haircut. Uh, then we have a oh, whole fennel. Even Sandy gives him a hard time at the end about talking. Then we have Imelda. She's from the Northern Island. She's doing a hearty oats, uh, cherry, and white chocolate oatmeal biscuit. Uh, like, uh, which, you know, I'm a big fan. Those flavors are flavors I'm a fan of. Uh, uh, wholemeal flour, she says, so which I marked. Uh, Sandy and Paul start talking about BMs. So that, I said, wait a second. Come on, you two. Uh, then we have Luke. Uh, Luke's pretty hip. He's like, uh, he, he's the, uh, the charmer on this one. He's making lime, I guess. Oh, ginger nuts. I said, who are you calling a ginger nut, son? 
he's a DJ and a uh, civil servant, uh, Yorkshire ginger nut. York, who's representing Yorkshire. He's really charming, though. Like I'm not making fun of him. He's layered too. He is on a white V-neck and then um, like a semi, not a Hawaiian print shirt, but like something. And then they show him Sheffield uh, DJing. Ginger nuts do look delicious. Uh, lime buttercream in the middle. My stomach just growled. And they say, make sure, Paul says, make sure you get the balance right, dude. Ginger and the lime. But he seems pretty confident. Uh, oh, his shirt's like clouds and birds, I think. Then uh, more com- like you have these little comedy breaks. So then we have a comedy break with uh, Sandy and Noel. And she flashes a flashlight and she says, he says, what's my line? One hour. What's my motivation? She hands him some cash. Uh, and he says, one hour. And then, the, the, I don't know, just a funny little sequence. Uh, Kim Joyce make it rolling out her shortbread. Each and every biscuit must be uniform in shape, they say. And uh, even they're even weighing them out, each uh, each biscuit ball or flat, depending. Some people are making sandwich ones, so they say, oh, boy, that's twice as work. Anthony, is uh, he's a banker. He loves Bollywood, they say. They show him cooking at home. He's making his one. His looked really delicious. Turmeric and caraway goosenarg cakes uh, with mango chili jam. I'm a big turmeric fan. Uh, and then he, he and Sandy dance. He shows Sandy a little dance move. Uh, really easy one with the legs and the hands uh, going up and down. And then they dance together. And then she, Kim Joy laughs. She goes, you're definitely the most fun person. That's what Sandy says to him. Also, he is on a white paisley print shirt. That's really nice. Uh, and then, I guess, gray jeans that match the print of his paisley. Uh, then, again, they do a series of shots with everybody working. Now we got some strawberry jam Dan's working on. Chili mango Anthony's working on. Uh, with spice butterscotch cream sauce and my Swiss meringue buttercream. That's John. He's making an Aberfra biscuit, shell-shaped on a real shell. They, he loves sailing. They show his wife, Debbie, and his kids sailing. Aberfra creams with a butterscotch filling. Butterscotch buttercream. There's a there's alliteration number two. If you're keeping track, I probably won't. But uh, uh, then we have Kim Joy. She's working on orange blossom glaze. Uh, she's got orange blossom water. I didn't even know where do you buy this stuff. She said this was kind of a little different, uh, but it made me relate to Kim Joy. They say she says she discovered the flavor for the biscuit in the bath. Uh, she had this new conditioner and she smelled it. And I said, wait a second, I taste conditioner too. I mean, she said she just looked at it, but I'll taste it. Don't if you're listening, kids, don't ever do that. Uh, but I like I do taste that stuff. Uh, and they show her doing some shorts. She's making an orange blossom York biscuit with orange blossom water, edible flour. Noel's up. He's like, uh, oh, he makes a joke about uh, an antique stealer, which you know, he goes, oh, like, uh, can I call you Lovejoy? And I didn't get the joke either. He goes, that's an antique stealer. Uh, you're too young. Uh, and he, he can't believe it. Uh, he's like, man, uh, forget it. Uh, He's a little bit flummoxed. Uh, then we have uh, somebody making roses, uh, Karen. Karen's got a nice red. We'll talk about everybody else. Everybody has on um, grayish brown. Um, she's a food product promoter. And she's making Yorkshire Perkins. Everybody has on a gr- brownish gray. Uh, what are those things called? Apron. Oh, she goes, yo, you're looking Elvis shaking Stevens or Katie. Sandy says that Noel says, uh, Sandy says I look like Katie Lang. Uh, but Karen says he looks like a shaking Stevens or Elvis. Uh, then we have Terry. He's making, uh, I don't know what he's making, but he's trying to do these chocolate prints. At, oh, th- there's a, this is a good moment to pause it at uh, 44 minutes left in the show. 
And Terry's trying, he's on a horse and he's trying to make it go and the horse won't listen, which kind of is like a metaphor for Terry's day. And Terry's like the like likable person we kind of feel bad for. He's making a Lake District ginger shortbread, crystallized ginger and chocolate lambs. But Paul says, those are lambs. Uh, and he, Terry says, hopefully I'll get them in the oven and tidy them up. Uh, then everybody starts, they do a sequence where everybody's putting their stuff in the oven and navigating temperature, to, you know, not easy. Uh, people are setting their timers, eight minutes, ten minutes. Don't misjudge it, Noel says. 25, 23 minutes at 165 from man, and if you mess it up, kiss the color and the texture goodbye. Uh, six minutes on the clock for Dan. I think 40 minutes for Rahul. Uh, let's see, Dan goes in. Now we have everything coming in and out of the oven, saying, is it done? Uh, and uh, you can see, like, uh, you start to see a stress wearing on certain people. Then they, Sandy makes an announcement half an hour through an old-fashioned radio, and she says, I used to be on radio. And everybody's like, uh, yeah, everybody's like, holy cow, how are we going to do this? So some people are happy and some people aren't. So you see kind of how people react to the stress and then how that impacts their cooks. Uh, Ruby drops one of her uh, cookies. I didn't realize, I didn't tie that to later. Uh, somebody says fudge. They said fudge. Uh, I guess it's warm. Ruby says it was warm. And then Terry says his chocolate won't set inside the tent. He like fans his face. Everybody starts their piping, uh, and they're like assembly. And again, a lot of shots. I don't know how many camera people they have. Uh, and then we see the interactions. This one is nice. It's Dan and Kim Joy. Well, I didn't know if it was nice or passive aggressive. He says, oh, I'd hate to see when your cookies fall on the floor. And she says, very funny, Dan. But I don't know if that was like a way of Dan saying they look good enough to eat. Then they do five minutes left. Uh, Everybody's starting to be like, oh, no, that's where you're running short on time sequence. Now, and, uh, so my daughter got very uh, bent about this. It didn't bother me as much the first time, but now it does. Uh, so Karen gets done early. So there's 41 minutes left, and she starts snacking. And we'll go into her snacks, but my daughter was like, "That's oh, yeah, so she has a snack pack. Uh, now, I don't know if they provided or she brought it. Hopefully there's a Zoom. But first she has crisps or chips. Uh, yeah, crisps, she offers them. So she's sitting there with snacks in her lap uh, while everybody else is struggling, which you would think would be a precursor, but it is, I'll just tell you, it isn't a precursor, uh, I don't think. Now, Terry is really under the, like, he's the most stressed. Some people are very chill, uh, man and briny. Uh, Ruby's making tea that she thinks will pair well. Uh, but Terry is just like, he's not in good shape. And Karen's eating more biscuits. Uh, uh, let's see, 24, uh, uh, Ruby does, Dan, uh, let's see, it's going so fast. Uh, let me run through my notes here. I'll pause it. Uh, uh, dances with Sandy. Resting the dough. Talk, there's clips of people talking. John and his wife and kids. Uh, yeah, there's the butter buttercream. So that was like number two that we even caught of the alliteration. Oh, yeah. Kim Kim Joy's shirt. Uh, oh, she, also, Kim Joy has like uh, the tips of her hair, like a purplish blue. Uh, York biscuits. She's actually stamping that on there. Uh, Antique sealer Lovejoy. I did have that in my notes to so look it up. Yeah, so patrons will get all the research. Uh, Yorkshire Perkins uh, oh, with mace and uh, corn something. That's what Karen was working on. Wakefield. Maybe that's a grocery store. I don't know. Terry's a little lambs. This horse won't go. Terry's making Lake District a ginger shortbread. Uh, then there's a VO about uh, like the risk people are taking. Kiss goodbye. Uh, oh yeah, eyes and talk. Uh, 
So people start to try to stay calm. But then there's an exterior shot before Sandy does a radio thing. Five minutes left. Uh, there's a lot of good. Oh, they, with a blue. The radio is like a blue old fashioned radio, like a prop. Uh, that's when the out of the oven sequence comes. Uh, is it hot in here or is it me having, you know, I like say, boy, I don't know. Uh, five minutes left uh, behind on time. 1618 was when I was supposed to pause it. Uh, but I think that was just Karen's uh, snacking. I tried to, I wanted to see what else she had in her snack thing, but I couldn't see it when I paused it. Uh, chocolate, uh, lamb troubles. Uh, but then you see people are helping one another. Amazing. Uh, at the end, uh, so people are going as time's up, uh, everybody's helping put your biscuits at the end of your benches. There's even like, uh, different themed ways to serve it. Now I don't know, again, I don't know the production of the show because uh, again, and then they, uh, Bryony tells, uh, uh, Terry, don't worry. It's only one out of three. Karen's still snacking. But everything, a lot of stuff, a lot of pastels. I don't know if this is every season or just this one. Blue, pastel blue in particular. Baby blue, eggshell blue, some green turquoise. Anthony's up, Anthony's up first. Anthony's up first. His biscuits are popping, man. They were this orange color, psychedelic, uh, Noel says, and they say, Prue, you like them because they match your biscuit. Uh, they do look really delicious, and they do deliver. The judges are impressed. Uh, beautiful texture, uh, fantastic uh, chili jam, great biscuit, Paul says, and Anthony says, boom. But uh, Prue and Noel take, and, take, take them to go. They, they love them so much they're still eating. Then Karen's up. They say, great piping work. Looks amazing. Spicy, chewy, nice, uh, but more like a cookie and not a biscuit. Didn't blow Paul away. Uh, then Kim Joy's up. Uh, absolutely exquisite, Bruce says. I love him. Uh, Paul takes a bite. Uh, he says, balanced, uh, melts in your mouth to break it apart. Flavors, uh, got the orange. Bruce says, well done. Kim Joy's happy. Then they get to John. His are undercooked. They say, quite pale, dude. Underbaked. Um, bland. Uh, should have been in four or five more minutes. Uh, then man ends up. Hazelnut Cornish shortbread. Uh, extremely neat. That's what Paul likes the best. Uh, it's a good snap. Bruce's impressed with that. Beautifully baked. Buttery. That wasn't on purpose, so that's a alliteration. Uh, hazelnut chocolate, fantastic. The, Bruce says, I'd like some milk. Uh, man says, it's right here in front of you. Uh, then Dan cheers her on. Uh, Rahul, they say, oh, uh, let's look at uh, owl feathers. She has this beautiful white chocolate and, and, and dark chocolate on there. They say, fennel's not quite the punch we we're expecting. Then Ruby's up. They say, how come you got 25 and not 24? She goes, I'm bad at maths, uh, which cracked me up and everybody else. Uh, bit dry. She has on a um, red dress uh, with some flower. I don't know, flower print is what you'd call it. In a nice red. Uh, uh, then Dan's up. They say, yours are pal too, Dan. Tough biscuit. He goes, is it? Uh, not in a passive, aggressive way. like." Uh, I think that is an English thing. Like, uh, they say, Dan, these are quite, he just says, is it, uh, uh, like it's a different way of reacting. Like, you'd say, is it really? Uh, but he says, is it like, uh, uh, I don't know. You have to see it, I guess. Uh, and they say, not good. Like basically Terry only decorated one of his cookies, his ginger shortbread. Oh no, two of them. Not my finest hour. Lamb's not good. Looks like a Warhol print. Uh, don't like don't like the color. Not neat enough for Paul, of course. Paul breaks it. Uh, they don't like it at all. Uh, too hard. A good flavor, maybe, but uh, execution execution not good. 
He says, it's a rough old biscuit, that one. And the judges leave, but Noel stays behind to say, don't worry, man. You can do it. You could be the comeback kid. And he says, let's hope so. Then Luke's ginger nuts, uh, they look really good. They say, ginger's lovely. Not enough lime pop, though. And Noel says, you can breathe. And then Manning gives Dan a thumbs up. He smiles. Imelda, ch- cherry and white chocolate oatmeal. She's nervous. They break while Paul says, uh, and he says, okay, that's a delicious biscuit. Uh, and she's like, oh, good. very oaty. Feels healthy, but it's not. You know, it's a cookie. Well worth it, though. And then Briny's up. She's got this caramelized apple. It looks amazing. Uh, uniform and color and size, they say. Very neat. Of course, Paul's worried about that. Scalloped edges. And they take some bites. They break it up. Very crumbly. Melts in your mouth. Uh, they say that egg yolk worked. This is the best shortbread today. Crumbly, soft, and buttery. And with the apple caramelization, mm, good. So she says thank you. And then uh, Noli gives her a thumbs up, and she's very relieved. She says she's always overwhelmed. And she goes, yeah, for Prue to use that technique, I say, holy cow. Terry looks down, not in the place, wrong biscuit, wrong day. Man and says, beautifully baked. There's alliteration. Uh, the sailing guy, John, says, oh, boy. Uh, That's like what it was like for me at school. And uh, John says, my whole school life could have been better. And then uh, Ruby says, wait a second, I thought biscuits were supposed to be dry. Then we see more lambs in the countryside uh, going through. Let me check the time here. So there's 34 minutes. So I guess what I'll do is we'll break this into two episodes. We'll break it up like a biscuit, you know what I'm saying? And I'll I'll run through for about five, you know, I'll run through to the end of this episode. I mean, to the, like, a few more. We'll set up the next competition. And then uh, we'll, uh, yeah, because it's kind of a bit of an experiment. And then we'll have another full episode about Biscuit Week. Uh, so they said the bakers were able to finish their first, or they were able to practice their first challenge. But the second one will be a mystery shrouded in gingham. And so they do like a front of the room thing of everybody like exhaling, looking a little uh, uh, intense. So this is still the first day. I guess they do these over two days. Um in the second day, though, everybody has the same outfits on. So then, again, we have a sequence where the judges are at the front in the host, and they say, first technical challenge. And Paul set it up. Uh, and Paul says, this is a favorite of mine was a kid, so don't mess it up. Uh, and Sandy says, this is going to be judged blind. Uh, this is going to be judged without us knowing who made each dish. Uh, so Prue and Paul are not going to be lingering in the tent. So the, off you go. Thank you very much. And uh, then there's a funny joke. They say, geez, I don't even know what's improv and what's written. Because she said, where are they going? And, and Noel says, a bouncy castle. It cracks up the whole thing, the whole tent. And I just wonder with the tent, like, also, how much are they in, like, do they feel like they're around four famous people, you know? Uh, they can't make it easy either. Everybody laughs, uh, and they say, okay, Paul wants you to make an iconic version of his iconic wagon wheel. You have, uh, you have to make eight in uh, two and a quarter hours, is that what it is? Uh, and a moon pie in the U.S. is what a wagon wheel is similar to. I gotta, I'm going to track them down. They're a little expensive online, but I'm sure I could find it at a local shop. Yeah, two and a quarter hours uh, uh, to make it... Uh, so get your wagons rolling on your marks, get set to bake. Uh, so they have like some sort of instructions in all the ingredients. And again, a lot of people are reading through it. Some people, the iconic wheel shaped, okay, let me read that part uh, from the thing. The iconic wheel shaped biscuits 70 years ago uh, launched in Britain. 
And uh, some people know what a wagon wheel is. Some people have never had them or never heard of them. So that makes it makes it hard if you're not if you weren't raised in the UK. And Paul has a pared down recipe. And not many people have made a wagon wheel because it is more of a ma- normally I think a mass produced confectionery. Then we go outside uh, to uh, Prue and Paul. They're sitting kind of, I don't know if they're having tea, I'll pause it. Uh, we get a garden shot. Yeah, they have, uh, well, Paul has tea in front of him like he's drinking it. Prue's tea is like she pushed it away. And they're sitting, Paul's chair is like light green, and then Prue's chair is white. They're like a, like an older, more classic outdoor wooden chair. Then they are sitting at a table with a tablecloth that's a really nice blue with a print on it and white. Uh, and they have uh, their table is set, and then they have a plate of wagon wheels. And then behind them is some like uh, I don't know if it's called bunting, but like a British uh, uh, flags uh, hanging like triangle ones. And then a lot of different flowers and plants like in like kind of like. Uh, I guess a bit like you'd get at an antiques place, uh, or yeah, like a, a really, like someone says, oh yeah, I bought all these antique shops and I use them to store the plants. It just looks good. And so they say, Bruce says, so Paul, why is this the first technical challenge? Uh, wagon wheels. He says, cause I got a cookbook about it. One, but he goes, there's many different elements. to a wagon wheel, tricky, uh, got a biscuit, crunchy marshmallow, uh, some that doesn't pour out, but is right. Chocolate coating and a jam. Uh, chocolate's got to hold the thing in. Bruce says it's beautiful. Difficulty is to put all that together without panicking. And Paul says, it's right. You got to test these, test these characters out. Uh, and then they go and they do an outside thing in the t- t- tent, and then everybody's starting to sift, sort their flour and uh, say, okay. I'm, like Manon's like, I'm cool as a cucumber. Rub the butter into the flour. So people start making their dough, and they're looking back. But Groovy's like, okay, I made a mistake in the first one. And they have some sort of recipe. Anthony's like, I did something wrong. Oh, I didn't rub the butter in, but uh, I got to go with it anyway. Then Sandy goes to Luke. She says, have you made this before? He goes, uh, oh, this is interesting. So I don't know if Luke's made it before, but uh, yeah, I've eaten lots of them, never made them. And Sandy says, there's some people here that have never even heard of them. So you're ahead of the game. And she goes, I've never had one. He goes, you never had a wagon wheel? No. Uh, he goes, have you even lived? Uh, and she goes, I'll be honest, I didn't have a pot noodle, which I think is like ramen, until I was 55. So that's also an uh, interesting thing, you know. Uh, she says, he says, what are you kidding me, Sandy? Give me a hard time. Uh, he goes, I can't even come back from that. Uh, uh, then, uh, everybody's starting to need and, uh, they don't want to mess. You don't want to overdo your dough. They say, Ruby says, I got to get my jam on. Uh, then everybody starts making their jam, sugar, boil. Uh, so you got the jam sequence. Anthony's like a little watery. My jam's watery. Oh, wait, we do have a close up there. Let's see. I'm going to read through this close up to close out. I'm going to read Paul's words. Uh, off the screen, if I can pause it. Oh boy, I missed it. Yeah, I'll try again. Don't worry, I'm here. I'm gonna read you Paul's words if I can pause it in time. Uh, jam making's going on. Dan's reading it. Uh, okay. So this is what we have uh, just on the screen, and so I'll say good night, and we'll pick up the second half of this in a little while. Uh, method oven, cereal therm, 160 degrees C. Step one for the biscuits, tip the flour, salt, and butter into a bowl. Rub the butter into the flour, stir in the sugar and vanilla paste. Uh, then add the egg yolk. Bring the dough together. Chill, man. 
So they still have to chill it at some point for the jam. Oh, then you make the jam, I guess. Uh, place the raspberries in a deep-sided pan and crush them. Add the sugar, bring to a boil. Increase the heat and boil for four minutes. Uh, remove from heat and sieve. Uh, let cool and set. Uh, for the marshmallow, pour 100 milliliters cold water into a small, small bowl, smarmalade bowl. Then sprinkle the gelatin over the top. Uh, oh, that's it, huh? I guess, uh, oh, then four, tip sugar into a medium pan. Add glucose and 100 milliliters water and cook uh, uh, over low heat. Increase the heat, bring to a boil. While the sugar syrup is cooking, whisk the egg white into the bowl stand mixer. As soon as the sugar syrup reaches 120C, remove uh, the heat and stir in the gelatin. With the mixer on, pour the sugar syrup over the egg white in a steady... Oh, this is the marshmallow. And then we lose it. You get to put it in a piping bag, I guess. So we don't have the... We have some of the milliliters and stuff. Uh, so this is interesting. I guess it is a technical challenge. Technically, it's challenging. and. Uh, Technically, I'll talk to you soon. Uh, uh, Good night.